So welcome to the Play Create podcast. I'm Kirsten Gunnerud. And I'm Jill Johnson. <laughs> welcome. So what are we going to do on this podcast? This is our first one. Well, I think we're going to find out as we go, <laughs> yes. which is how we like to live our lives. And then I also think it's a space to create together. Yeah and discover and I think it's going to evolve over time yeah. so that gives you a very loosey-goosey way broad understanding <laughs> of what might happen but it also allows us to have a lot of wiggle room love and that. to be able to create as we go yeah I love that so exploring I for me like exploring play creativity why it makes such a difference in our life and our work even in parenting and things like that, which I need to be working on lately. Um, <laughs> always working on. Always working on. Um, so what, why is, from your point of view, creativity and play so important, especially now and today? Oh, gosh. I mean, I think it's just a constant thing that we're always using. I mean, I think what happens is we give these big ideas. It's kind of like art. When somebody says art, they think it has to be fine art. They think it has to have some type of product. When we say play, I think people misconstrue it as like, it has to be some kind of like really, you know, structured thing when if we go back, play was just always this agile form of creation. Mm -hmm. And I think creativity is the same way. I think we're always looking to give it too big of a definition, too much meaning, too many reasons why versus just stepping into it. I think we're always doing it. You know, the way you get to work, maybe you take a different way, or the way that you show up to a problem. Those are creative ways. The way you relate to people, that's creativity. Yeah. That's play. So to me, I always think of those two things as just being agile and being able to move in a moment mm -hmm. instead of being really fixed. Um, we can have goals. We can have ideas of what the outcome we can be. Can be. But then we have to let go and see what happens in the meantime. Yeah. Like, for example, in this space right now, in the paint mixer, people come in and we always joke, like we say, okay, what we create here might not be the same thing that you create on your canvas. We're doing all the same steps. We have all the same paint. We have all the same brushes. So we have an intention of what the image might be in the end. Yeah. But what happens in the meantime is totally different. That's play. That's creativity. And that's what happens in that moment. And it's putting your own stamp on something. Exactly. It's letting it be your own and your own style showing through. Because you're right, we all can use the same tools. Yep. We can all have the same A, B, like, you know, do it in this order or whatever it might be. But it is going to turn out different. Yep. And that's what makes it special. Yes. And unique. And yet we get so caught up in wanting things to look like what someone else does instead of being loving what we create and not being so attached to what it has to look like yes does that make sense yeah absolutely I think the biggest issue is that we have an idea of what we think it should be and then we get really upset when it's not meeting that preconceived notion or that expectation or that assumption of what it should be right. I think when I get in trouble is the shoulds what I think it what I had the plan and then it turned out different. Mm -hmm. I mean, the big joke always, and you see them all around is like with Bob Ross, like happy accidents, but it's really true. Yeah. When, we're, when we're able to take our mistakes and just see where it led us versus having it be a stopping point, yeah. having it be a shaming point, 
you know, before we got here, we were talking about kids and how so many children are coming up and they are upset. They're afraid of creativity. They're afraid of art. They're afraid of play. And it's because so much of it has this implication that it has to be just so, especially with social media. I mean, social media is a great example of how we, we can really edit and make it look great. We don't know how long it took to create that perfect shot, right. that perfect moment in time. We don't know what happened the 15 minutes before, the 15 minutes after, but we got that one moment. And that's what everybody is measuring themselves against. It's just a moment in time. So it's kind of like when you're driving by in a neighborhood and you're looking at all the houses and they just look so good. We don't know what's happening on the inside. We're just seeing the perfect manicured garden, you know? There, there was an awesome story I just read of a woman who travels all over the world and does these adventures, and she was posting on Instagram these gorgeous pictures while she was crying herself to sleep every night because she had been bit by a dog, had rabies, or had needed rabies shots in the middle of nowhere, like had in different hospitals trying to get that taken care of, make sure she was okay. So here she was completely devastated, like not sure how she was going to be, that she was in a safe place, all of that. But her Instagram was these like magnificent pictures of all the wonderful things she was doing. But that was a 10 minute shot yep. pretending while she was going through this hell. Yep. And it was interesting because she talked about how at the end of that, what she learned was that having that kind of helped give her strength because she had some way to kind of keep pulling herself out of that and at the same time the challenge of not presenting what she was actually going through which she didn't say this but I think that's why she finally wrote the article because she was struggling with what she was showing versus what was really going on and bringing those two things together yeah. um I'm not sure where that one goes but well no it's true because I think so much of it like the one beauty of you know, one of the big things right now in, like, you know, they keep showing is, like, the art of gratitude and how that impacts our lives. Yeah. So that, so when we were using, I feel like a lot of times in that instance, for example, we're trying to find the good in hellish moments. So sometimes I think that's what a lot of what social media does is it helps us grab a moment in time. And it's, how others perceive it where it gets all murky yeah. like the intentions behind it maybe it is to be famous maybe it is to do this maybe it is to be noticed but maybe sometimes it's just like well things are really shit right now and I just want to have like one moment to just remember that there is some good in this moment you know yeah. and so I think it has there's so many layers like <laughs> we always talk about not being in the duality but I think if you have the either or that's where we get in trouble like you know, in that moment, she's capturing a moment. She's also living up to her intention of capturing what she's doing around the True. world. True. She's trying to keep her creative lens. She might be trying to keep sponsored. You know, you just yes. don't know. So I think um, the way that I try to go towards it now is that I'm just seeing a snapshot and to treat it as a snapshot where before we'd have to like process them and yeah. take all of our photos in and then pick the ones we want like now we can do a thousand pictures and then pick the one that's just right yeah. so but then it's frozen because it's held in the social media sphere yeah. as permanent and so just seeing it as there's always snapshots you yeah. know yeah yeah and that reminds me of the living the mess thing we talked about yeah. too right yeah like she was living in the mess yep 
So what, another thing we were talking about earlier before we started the podcast is how uncomfortable the mess is and how we as human beings um, don't so much like being in the messy parts of life. And what that story was, and so many stories were for me, was another example of what happens when we live in the mess mm-hmm. and still continue creating forward and still continue moving forward and, um, and find some level, some willingness to be uncomfortable in the mess, mm-hmm. but still be in it. And that's where I think we've talked so much about creating forward yeah. and this idea of not getting stuck, not looking back, but looking forward and thinking about how we can create into whatever experience we're in in that moment. Um, And I think what I liked about that story too was that seemed like another example of that. Yeah, and I think the presence, presence is such a big thing. We, I mean, we always talk about it. And being present with what is right now without getting lost, too lost. Like you can have a kind of a tether that's pulling you towards the goal, but not being so focused on the exact outcome you know and it's funny lately I keep saying let's get base hits I talk to my husband about this all the time and then somebody's like you need to watch Moneyball and I hadn't watched Moneyball um and they that's the whole thing it's the science of just getting to the base and I think for a while especially when you're stressed and when I was stressed I kept trying to think of the way out or the fix like the big fix where I'm really realizing it's just getting to the base. Yeah. It's little baby steps. Like, and you know, there's, when I was, um, had the chance to be climb Kilimanjaro with my dad, you're the last like 3000 feet is scree. And I don't know if you've ever hiked scree, but you take a step and you lose half a step. You take a step, but eventually you get there. Yeah. And it's slow. And you know, sometimes there's this big epiphany. Sometimes, some magic comes and we get like huge inspiration and we create it in that moment and it's off to the races. But most of the time it's little steps. And I think that's where we get so lost is like all of the shows that we love are these reality shows of like how it happened overnight yes. when it really isn't. It's an ongoing step. And then when those cameras are off, it's still ongoing little steps. Yes. It's just we sensationalize the... Yes. The product and we forget that there is this huge process and you know for me it's been really trying to like let go of what I thought it would be yeah. what I hoped it would be yeah. how to get the hell out of it like, yes. <laughs> all of it and just seeing like okay what's here today what can I do in this moment and it's not to say that it's not incredibly hard and I don't like just fall apart you yeah. know Maybe constantly, maybe sometimes, <laughs> but I found that just being a little more gentle, and I think that's what creativity and play are all about, yes. is being really gentle with yourself and laughing at yourself, and you know, I know how much you love improv, yeah. so I think that's a really big thing of like the yes ands, and being able to just kind of loosen what we think it should look like. Yeah. You know, yeah. And the reason improv works so well for me is it, it the foundational elements of it, the yes and, but also my friend Rob wrote that book, yeah. um, Do Improvise, which has become the launch pad for almost everything I do in life and work and everything. And it's those three. You've you've used the words um, for I think everything he has in those three circles. So oh my gosh, that's amazing! Not a surprise. <laughs> so 
so it's it's um, the three circles intertwined, right? Like a Venn diagram, but three circles, and it's let go, notice more, mm-hmm. and use everything. Yeah. And the idea is, you know, we look at these people on stage and we think, I could never do that, and oh my gosh, and people get so intimidated by the idea of improv as we think of it. But improv unto itself, the tools that allow them to work with whatever shows up on stage with no plan, kind of like we're doing right now. Yes, yeah. No um, expectation, no anything other than just being in the moment and playing with it. Um, That ability to do that comes from those three places yes so letting go mm-hmm. so I'm not coming in with an expectation I don't have a plan I'm not like only focused on an outcome I'm just going to be here the noticing more allowing you to see what's happening actually paying attention to the person in front of you their body language so like if you were sitting over there like that right now yeah. That would tell me something, but what we see happen so often at work and meetings and life is we aren't paying attention to those things in each other, and we're just pushing forward and trying to get our own agendas and ideas across, and that doesn't work, yep. and we wonder why we don't all communicate well, and then use everything. There's always, even when we don't think there is, there's always so many resources available to us, yep. and when we start remembering and, and that that circle exists we can start to step into that and um, find those things that will help us create something. And then in the middle of all of that, he has what he calls everything's an offer, which is improv language. I call it everything is an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. You can apply that to anything. Yeah. Like it, it is such a simple, beautiful way to rethink and think about anything. Um, and so how can we... Um, Hello. Speaking of improv, <laughs> we have a guest. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'll just Perfect for you. That's awesome. Thank you, Liz. Um, so that ability to um, use those three circles, whether it's in the most challenging thing you're experiencing. So I, I do a lot of work with um, teams and groups of people in business and with individuals and, and all that, but in like a team situation where they are coming up against one of the biggest challenges they've ever had for their business or whatever it might be and it feels daunting and it feels horrible and it feels and when we start applying those three ideas and just exploring what do we need to let go of what can we notice more of and what are we not using that's right in front of us it's amazing to me how quickly things can start to shift for example And the same thing going to a canvas or going like, okay, I'm going to let go. I don't know how this is going to turn out. I don't know if I know how to use this brush, but I'm just going to play and see what happens. And, um, and the noticing more, like again, paying attention to what's around you, paying attention to what happens on the canvas. I mean, there's really nowhere in my experience so far, those three circles can't be a really powerful tool to help shift whatever moment you're in and how you experience it yeah and I think it's I love the the let go because you know so much of the work you know that I also do with trauma is about showing up to a moment and then letting go you know and like I always say you can check it at the door it will still be there so whenever we come into any situation I often ask people to leave you know tell me why you're here and then let's leave where what's at the door because unfortunately it'll probably still be there when we're done yeah. um, but maybe it will change a little 
but in those moments to just let go and then what are you noticing and what are you open and available to you know be that in itself and that's you know when you're working with trauma that's big stuff so when you say play when you're talking about trauma I think people misconstrue what that means but what we're always talking about is that play means an opening yes it means an ability to try something and when you talk about mess I was listening to a podcast which we'll have to look up and maybe we could put like a link for it cool but he this guy that's done I think he made Chuck E. Cheese he has like all these different things but he talked about how he always is in mess so if you go in his office it is a mess he's like I would spend all this time trying to put all these things in little categories instead of creating so why would I do that and I remember what my dad's um, executive assistant growing up her desk was always just piles and everyone had a comment but she always knew yeah. She was always on it. And so also being okay with how people play yes. and how people create and getting out of our idea. This is so good with kids. Like you can watch in here. This is a good example. So I don't even have to give like a let's pretend. We'll have a birthday party, let's say. Yeah. And parents come in. Some of them hang out. The kids are painting. Kids are in heaven. And then you see the arm like reach over. And it's a mother or a father trying to fix the painting. Yes. The way that they want to do it. I admit, I have even done that with my kids, and I know better. (laughs) Everyone does it because we see, we want to be a part of it, and we want to, but then what is that doing? And it's, you know, my dearest friend has a Montessori school, and that's the biggest thing they're always teaching is that divine right to just create and just learn step by step. So that's why they start with one step and then like when they're cleaning like be okay when the water just is all over the floor yeah. instead of running over and trying to fix it right away yeah. you can go back you can go clean it up but you know being aware of our reactions yes. especially when we want to kind of move the needle to the way we want the creativity and the play to look yes and that's where we get in trouble. Yeah. Is when we decide for somebody else what that should look like. Yes, yes. Because then it stops being create, creating and playing. Yes. It becomes our boundary to what that looks like, not necessarily theirs. Yeah. And then it stops being that unique picture because we're trying to make other people's pictures look like, like ours. Yeah. You know, it's funny because right before, um, Kristen and I always like to either grab a card or open to a page in a book and I opened in this book called Blessed Are the Weird because I thought it was kind of fitting for us. (laughs) There's a song out that Indy plays all the time that's about being weird and embracing it too which I love. Oh anyway yeah. But this quote from Buckminster Fuller which I don't know if I totally botched his name but Okay. says, um, never forget that you are one of a kind. Never forget that if there were any need for you and all the uniqueness to be on this earth, you wouldn't be here in the first place. And never forget, no matter how overwhelming life's challenges and problems seem to be, that one person can make a difference in the world. In fact, it is always because of one person that all the changes that matter in the world come about. So be that one person. And I think about the uniqueness, like, you know, especially as parents, there's this, you know, we, we sometimes parent. I love when, um, what's her name that we love, the parenting 
gal. Oh my gosh, what is her name? Shafali. Doctor, yes. Um, she always talks about being aware of not parenting from your ideal self. Yeah. And I think creativity and play have that tug for us. We want to create from our ideal self. We want to play from our ideal self. And we want to help our kids not fumble and make mistakes because it hurts. Like, it really is heartbreaking. I watched my son go through his first heart, real heartbreak. Like, real, like, where he was sitting between my husband and I just shaking because he, he lost something that he really wanted. And, but then watching him, like, holding space for that, creating space for him to find an alternative understanding, feeling it, and then changing it, and creating a new way of relating to it, instead of just being in that, instead of us fixing it, we could have, I wanted to, I wanted to fix it. Like, Mother Bear was, like, fully ready (laughs) to go. (laughs) Full psycho. But, like, I think that's part of it is, like, we are unique. We are all one. And letting each person show up to that uniqueness. Yes. And that's what playfulness and creativity is all about. And failure. Failure, yeah. You, you can't play and create if you don't aren't willing to fail. Yep. And almost every successful person I know got there through failure. Yep. Not through perfection and not through everything just... Because if they did that, they would have never reached beyond their possibility. Yep. And they would have never gotten there. I work with a guy, his name is Bill Severns, and he um, is a baseball player who's written books and all that. And he's all about us as parents enjoying our kids playing instead of also trying to perfect what they're doing on the field and things like that. But his book for kids is about his experience. And he had an experience in baseball, loved the sport, like a loved baseball as a kid and he went to try out for the team and he didn't make it Mm -hmm. and he didn't make it because he'd been eating donuts all summer and um had gained weight and had you know like different things that that affected his speed and his agility and you name it and it was that and his coach how his coach handled it which was it's not that you can't be on the team it's that you've got you've got to do some work yeah and that failure is what propelled him to end up being a professional baseball player, to all kinds of things, because that failure taught him how badly he wanted this and gave him the, the inspiration to create that in his life so he made it where he wanted to go. Yep. And as hard as failure is, and as much as we don't want to experience personally, and we especially have a hard time watching our kids experience it, that those experiences are the very things that mm-hmm. are going to create this well-rounded, versatile, yep. what's the word, um, resilient resilience people mm-hmm. in the long run. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's something I've really learned from this whole experience is that failure takes so many forms, and most of the forms of failure are our own judgments yes. about what we yes. are attributing to it. Like, other people might not even see it. But we're making our own ideas of what failure is all the time. And we're measuring ourselves against a false reality that we've created. So we have this measuring stick that really is created from our own ideas. Um, And yeah, there's some, you know, you lose your house or you lose something. Those are like very big moments where you see failure in your mind. But it could also be an opening. And 
I think that's where we come from. You know, we, we like to use those moments because that's how I become more resilient is yeah. kind of seeing where it can take from that point. One of my favorite things I love to do, because we've, we've talked a lot about hero's journey too. Mm-hmm. Like, so you lose your house. Yeah. Worst thing that could ever happen, right? Yeah. And yet in there, again, those three circles, there's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I know so many people who've had these like crazy bad things happen, mm-hmm. yet that's when the creativity and the play started. Yeah. Because they were finally released from all these things that they thought they had to have or the way they thought to have them. And that opened up the door to creating an entirely different life that in the long run, they're so thankful for what happened mm-hmm. because of what it opened up. Yep. And because of, and again, it's not saying that that was easy by yep. any means, but it is saying that when we at least see, if we can at least in those really difficult moments recognize that there's an opportunity that's coming through it, there's something we're learning, there's some way we're growing through it. Um, for me anyway, personally, that's made it much easier yep. in those hard times. To go, okay, at some point I'm going to look back at this and I'm going to be thankful for it, even though right now I do not, like, what the hell? Um, And it gives us that opportunity to shift into something we didn't even maybe know. Because that's the other thing. I love, oh, what do they call that? Um, I think we, unto ourselves, can't even think as big as what our true potential is. Yeah. And sometimes I think those things happen to kick us out of what we think things should be so we can actually find what we're really meant to be mm-hmm. and um, and it's uncomfortable because it's not what we think we want and yet those are the moments that often take us to a whole nother place where we find out we're so much more than we thought we were when we yeah. were in that other place. Yeah, it's that Marianne Williamson quote yeah. of like, yeah. we're afraid of the lights. We're not afraid of the dark, but we're afraid of our own lights. That is far beyond what we ever thought it could be, you know, and stepping into that. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh, my gosh. So you are doing all kinds of cool new things at the paint mixer. I was looking at your website the oh, other gosh. day. Like the, the, there were the paint, the. The mandalas. The mandala mandalas. The flow. The flow painting. flow. Yep. Yep. I think, well, we're just trying to get, I think the flow painting is more free. Talk about play. Yes. It's much more freeing because people do get frustrated when they're trying to paint an image and it doesn't turn out, you know, their first time ever painting (laughs) exactly like our artists. So um, flow is much more forgiving and it's really playful. It's very messy. It's very much in the mess. And then mandalas are just smaller and they're very concentrated it's it's very peaceful it's amazing how quiet the studio is during that that's how rocket bots are yeah exactly so one of my favorite experiences with, with the bots the first time so gary hirsch is this amazing artist and also an improv guy and he came up with what he calls our joy bots yeah and and then he introduced them to the world was still still my idea and so the first time um some of my friends and i sat down and tried to make our own bots it was such a freeing experience because you're working on a tiny little domino and there's a way to do it. So you just start with shapes. Yeah. And what happens is these bots basically build themselves. So you kind of lose this thought that you have to create this masterpiece and you've yeah. got it and you just let things happen. And you have so many of them, you know, you can play with 10 dominoes. Yeah. You might not like five of the ones you did, but five turn out pretty cool and you're not even sure how they, ha- how they happened. But the other cool part of that experience was we were all really hard on ourselves for our own 
Like, yeah. I don't like mine. Oh my gosh, yours are so cool. And the other person was like, I don't like mine, but yours are so cool. And before we knew it, we all realized we're so hard on ourselves mm-hmm. and so critical of ourselves. And yet what we think stinks, someone else oftentimes loves. Yeah. And to stop being so critical because who we are and what we are and what we're bringing to the world, whether it's on a little bot or something much bigger than that, somebody out there probably wants it. Yeah. And we're holding back because we think it's not good enough or it's, we talk a lot about um, uh, intention, not perfection. Yeah. You came up with that. And yeah. that for me has been such a powerful tool in my life Yeah, to, to think about what am I intending to do instead of thinking about perfecting it. Yeah. And it's interesting because like in the trauma work I do, I do, we have a no comment rule. Yeah. specifically for that reason because especially in, in sexual trauma for example comments have had an impact big impact on what has happened to these men and women yeah. so whether they went to a loved one or a bishop or a clergy or a police officer those initial comments are seared yeah. and most of them are not great and so we, we always talk about being aware of our comments, why we say things about our art, why we talk about other people's art. And a lot of times it's a bridge to just notice. It's noticing, like, why are we so hard on ourselves? You know, is it because I want to be seen a certain way? Is it because I'm protecting myself? Is it because I'm afraid? Like, what is it? And looking at those moments of, like, why we do that. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a lot of, like, when you're coming from like flight camps and rocket bots and all this of like being gentle and being open and those are part of improv too yes. even though improv if we think of humor improv has so much more to do with just relating to life even the hardest parts yeah. that's why like when we watch comedy and it's something really devastating and we can laugh at it yeah. it's because they're moving it they're moving the needle of what we thought we should perceive a really devastating moment. And then also we're laughing at something that maybe means really true, you know, and it, it gives it a little more flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's those three circles to me are the foundation for playing and creating. Mm-hmm. Um, because when you're doing those things, you can't help but play and create. Yeah. Because you're not, you're not perfect. You're not going into something um, with set. You're going into it wide open. Yeah. And playing. What's been interesting for me is the more I embrace those three circles, the crazier my life gets. Yep. <laughs> and there are days where I'm like, I don't want to improv today. I just want, like, I don't want to notice more and I don't want to let go and I don't want to use Well, anything. but I think that's your, the circles. Like, sometimes you can just look at one. Yes. You know, it doesn't, that's the, the middle point of the three circles combining is the sweet spot. Yes. So it's not overflowing. It's the balance point. Yeah. And just, you know, I always say balance is bullshit, but balance in the sense of like, just it's okay to maybe be heavier on one yeah. or the other. We don't have to be these. I mean, that's perfecting again, yes. but holding the intention, yeah. you know, like, oh, I want to instill these, but hey, I may be flexible because it's not going to happen all the time. Yeah. And the other cool thing with those circles is if you do one, you can't help but do the other. Yeah. So if you start noticing more, yeah. you can't help but let go and you can't help but start using everything because you're noticing it. Yeah. 
and you can't notice more if you're not letting go. Like yeah. they're they're so um, interdependent. Yes. Yeah, a relationship and yeah. And so I found that if you just start somewhere yeah. with them, and maybe that's why maybe that's why I get overwhelmed by it sometimes because I'm not just being in it. I'm. I think I'm doing it, but I'm not. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Like I. Well, I think that when we have so many tools, we get in trouble yeah. when we just we start to think we have to do it a certain way. Yeah. And we're telling everyone, oh no, you don't have to do it a certain way. But then we're trying to perfect it as well. So I think it's just always knowing we're all a work in progress. Oh my gosh. Yes. And each time we're going to come to it differently. We're going to have moments of epiphany, like you just did. Yeah. And then we're going to also have moments where we're like, this is bullshit and I don't want to do it anymore. You know, like, yeah. and being okay with that. It's a spectrum and it's always moving yes. and we're, we're going to be okay. This is why I'm so excited to do this with you because <laughs> I think there's so much stuff out there that is, presents things as perfect mm-hmm. or this way and all your problems will be solved. You're talking about, I mean, even with the Instagram, right? Like the, this face we put out there and what I love about what we're talking about and exploring is the authenticity of like, no, I don't yeah. have it all figured out, but that's part of playing creative. Yeah. But we'll is, play with you. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll play and create into it. And you've, you've also talked in the past about, I'm not an expert, but I have expertise. Yeah. And I have experience. And where I think we are really... You listen to me. To oh, my goodness. I feel so heard right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. So now I'm going to go on a tangent because I was just at a conference. And Wait. Haven't we been on a tangent this whole the time? Whole time. <laughs> um, there, have you seen this guy who does a show on kindness? And he goes with like nothing and all over the world. I think I have this right, how, how he does this. I've seen one or two episodes and he just spoke at this conference. So he has this book on kindness. You would love this. It's a, this really cool little workbook. But he will just show up in a town or his motorcycle will like have an issue and not work. And he will ask perfect strangers to... Um, to come and put him up for the night or feed him or whatever. And it's all about his experiences with that. And now I just lost why I started talking about those. Um, I think it was about kindness showing up. Yeah. And the, again, he's and creating, being heard. Being heard. That's what it is. Yep. What he has learned. Thank you. What he has learned through this experience and all these people who have taken him in who had nothing, like one of them was a homeless guy who we mm-hmm. met on the street. He didn't know he was homeless. This guy said, I don't have a house. I live in a cardboard box, but you can come stay with me tonight. Yep. Right? And what he's learned through all of these experiences is that all we really want as human beings is to be heard. Yep. Like all we want is to be seen and heard. Yep. And how important that is. Yeah. And that's why I think, again, like this playing and creating, we've, we're so focused, especially in this world we live in now with technology and, and Instagram and, you know, all this stuff. We're so focused on what things should look like and what we want to do that I think we've, we aren't hearing each other as much. Well, We're not noticing. I think that, but I also think play and, cre- play and creativity require vulnerability. Yeah. And that's really, you know, we can put on as many masks as we can with all these different filters that we have to present ourselves. But when it comes down to it, when you're sitting next to somebody 
like we have like we have a couple serial daters we call them but it's awesome but we have people that come in and dates this is a great way to see how people react in situations that are new yeah and when you're creating next to somebody it's it's opening you can see all of your quote flaws your mistakes whatever I'm doing air quotes around all these words you know but like just knowing that we we are opening ourselves to be seen in a way we can't we can't control. Yes. And that's where I think it gets a little more. And that's why I think it's hard as parents because when our kids are playing, they're out there and then it puts us in a vulnerable place of like, well, how are we being perceived by how they're playing and how they're playing with Sally and Mike and oh my goodness, this person's judging. You know, I think that's where those vulnerabilities come up in a big rush of... So what should I have done? My son the other day decided <laughs> that his way of getting his scooter down the stairs of the deck was to flip it. All the, like He stood at the top of the deck and he flipped the scooter until it landed on the driveway at the bottom. Mm-hmm. How should I have reacted? Well, it, did end on your, it didn't land on your car. It didn't land on my car. Is it broken? It should have been, but somehow it was not. Oh my gosh, amazing. <laughs> And it was maybe a very creative way of getting it done. Yes, the maybe showing how we can do it alternative ways. Yes. <laughs> well, speaking of alternative ways, because I know we could talk forever. Yes. But you have stuff coming up with um, Rocket yeah. Trike and with Play Create. So, what are you wanting to do with that? Because I think it really aligns with all of this. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are going to start um, introducing over time all kinds of really exciting new ways to plug into your creativity and your ability to play and your ability to learn how to take bigger leaps in life and get out of your comfort zone, right? Mm-hmm. All of those sometimes mixed together, sometimes just little bits and pieces, little mini experiences to come in and have experiences with those things. Um, so we, some of the things that are coming soon are a 30 day, listen to your heart adventure, um, where every day will, every week will connect in person or over zoom or, you know, whatever it might be. But then every day people will get some sort of adventure to take on with listening to their heart, mm-hmm. which I'm super excited. about. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, I'm excited for that. I have so many people that, um, do sometimes but don't really know how and don't really know how to is that really my heart or is that my head or what is it and there's no necessarily right or wrong answers but it's all about just giving people an opportunity in a really fun playful creative way well there's a grade right have you be graded of course there's a grade (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding people it's not great we're not graded never (laughs) Um, and uh, and so that is just I think going to be a really fun way to give people an opportunity to, to do that and, mm-hmm. um, and explore and see what comes up. Um, some friends who've done this, not through my class, but on their own, who I'm so proud of because they have like done it on a massive level, the things that have shown up for them mm-hmm. are mind-boggling. Yeah. I mean, it is so fun to watch what starts to happen when we step more and more into that. So I can't wait to see for that. Yeah. Um, we've got flight camp coming up, yeah. which is, so one of my things that people laugh when I say this, but they also tend to vehemently agree. I'm tired of being inspired. Yes. <laughs> and um, in fact, we should think about that with this podcast yeah. too. So uh, there's so much inspiration out there and I love it and I eat it up and I've got, you know, a waiting list of books and all kinds Journals. of things. Yes. To read and 
so many things. Um, but we're addicted to being inspired and we're not necessarily, that isn't turning into, okay, how do I apply this? How do I, how do I work with this? Yep. What do I do with this? How do I use this tool? Mm -hmm. And so what I love about Flight Camp is it works with people in the moment. It allows you to, um, there's no set program other than we're going to explore tools using that launch pad. Yep. And depending on what's happening with that group of people in that moment, we apply that tool to whatever's happening. Yep. And so it's not just inspirational tools that everyone goes, oh my gosh, that's so cool, and then leaves and gets back to life and work and forget about it in two days. They're actually trying it and exploring it for the next week until our next flight camp. Mm -hmm. And seeing what works for them. Yeah. So everyone's building their own toolbox of, I love these tools, these ones not so much. Yeah. And they're seeing change and transformation happening. I don't love the word change. Transformation happening in their life and their work with their teams, whatever the group might be, in the moment, dramatically, really quickly, because of how, how we've done flight camp. And well, it's interesting because, um, of course, when you put it in the field, it all shows up. But I was on a podcast for Wild Women Drive this week. Oh, cool. Or last week. And one of the things, the girl that was on it with me, her name's Tessa. She owns Maven Gyms in Salt Lake yeah. Gym. And she said, well, they asked about, like, how about happiness yeah. and how we, what tools we use. And she goes, oh, well, I always throw mud at it, which meant... I have all these tools. We don't know exactly which one works, yeah. but I'm going to throw them all in, especially when I'm in that place. And I kept thinking of that analogy of the mud because of the lotus. Yeah. Like eventually the lotus comes up through the mud. It's never like this clear, beautiful, yes. it, it fights through the mud. And so knowing that, you know, there, there are, there's a bazillion ways. There's all these different ways of coming to things we have books we have podcasts we have webinars we have all these you know doTERRA is just here so yes. like you were there getting inspired there you yeah. know like there's all these ways of connecting but you have to we can like that's why we say like I have expertise but I'm not an expert because things are always moving I'll find something else I'm like wow that tool doesn't work anymore now I'm coming to it this way oh, wow, this tool doesn't work, or this one does for the moment. Right. In this moment, it just happened to work. Right. I don't know if tomorrow it's going to be. So I think that's about why we bring so much to play and why Flight Camp is all about that. Let's play into the tools. Yes. Let's try these on and see what happens. Yes. And what's interesting with Flight Camp is at the beginning, sometimes people get really, some people get really uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, and that's also an interesting thing to explore and, and work with. Um, because you're getting out of your comfort zone, because you're trying on these tools that maybe you wouldn't normally actually try. And yet when people stick with it, it's a beautiful thing that happens because they start seeing what they're capable of. Yeah. They start seeing what they can do. They start making things happen for themselves. And so that's a powerful thing. So those are just two. There, there's so many exciting things. I think we've talked about doing a, a creative journaling yep. option for and people. And our play it forward. Yep, and play yep. it forward, which is any idea you have, like people can show up, whether it's a business or they want to go on a family adventure. It doesn't matter. Like yep. you have this big idea. We are going to help you through us facilitating that yep. process, but also from them providing input and ideas to each other to take that idea to the next level yeah. which is such a like the coolest thing ever yeah 
So yeah, we'll get all of that on our websites yep. and um, and offer that and, and share with people more of what's coming and it's, yeah. it's super Well, and exciting. I think um, we kind of figured out too how we're going to come to podcasts with your three-circle model. Oh. Do you know Deer Valley also has a three-circle model? Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting where it's Everyone has three-circle models, but maybe it's like playing with the improv and just being open and getting people on here with that idea of how those three elements also show up in their creativity yeah. and their play. Yeah. So how, let's leave with a, an invitation. Mm-hmm. What, let's think of an ex, of a exercise or a, what could people do until we talk to them next time? What could they play with mm-hmm. that we've been thinking about? Well, I think you just, I mean, let's try those three things. Okay. So let go. Okay. You know, what were the all three? Say so let it anyway. go. Yep. Notice more. Yep. And use everything. Yep. So our invitation to you guys until we meet again and throughout probably this podcast, um, but your first invitation is to just think about how in your life, in your work, in your play, in your parent, whatever it might be, and just just think of maybe one place you would want to think apply this right now. But what could you let go of? Mm-hmm. What could you notice more of? And what aren't you using that you could be to create forward? Yep. And to turn whatever situation you're in into an offer or an opportunity instead of um, feeling stuck by it or whatever the situation. Yeah, one of my good friends always says, what's on offer? Yeah. You know, what's on offer in these moments? And, you know, and just, and honestly, the noticing yes. is bigger than you think. I, that's you my know, favorite place Honestly, to just... Just noticing you've already done your work yes. and you like are crushing it. So don't, I think, be gentle. Don't think it's this big epiphany and it might lead to that, but just notice. Noticing is so big. Yes. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. We <laughs> thank you. We'll look forward to talking to you soon. <laughs>